is our week in the Weege. Hello and welcome to Week in the Weege. I'm Natalie Crawford. And I'm Rob Waller. Now this week in the Weege. A review has been ordered at Glasgow's Queen Elizabeth University Hospital following the death of a child because of an infection linked to pigeon droppings. And former First Minister Alex Salmond makes no plea at Edinburgh Sheriff Court to 14 charges, including two of attempted rape. There are fears for the future of Burns Cottage with more than £100,000 worth of repairs needed. And it's been Baltic, but we've managed to survive most depressing day of the year. All that and so much more on this week's Week in the Weege. A very warm hello to you and welcome to Week in the Weege. I'm enjoying this Week in the Weege, are you? Oh aye. I'd have preferred it if it was Week in the Wedge. Aye, or a Week in Barbados. This is a Week in the Weege. Well, hello Rob Waller. Hello, Natalie Crawford. It's nice to see you. I've been invited back. You have. You made such a good impression the last time you were here. That's nice. Clearly the lawyers weren't the same. <laughs> I don't know about you, but I have had to this week, at least every couple of hours I've gone back out to my car, I've had to defrost it. It has been freezing. Absolutely Baltic. I'm very fortunate. I don't have the frozen car problem because I live on the coast. And oh, it's of course. it's wee bit warmer. And so there's there's no frost in the morning. But I was less out of the office this week. Very rare, because <gasps> normally I'm here in the new studio delivering the bulletins. <laughs> we let but, you loosen uh, the world. I, had to, I was let loose uh, on, on the world. Uh, and I was very worried because I hadn't brought my hat with me. And it was it was the morning when it was snowing on Tuesday. And uh, you you couldn't get in. And the other colleague couldn't get in. And it's like, it's like sort of that unpopular item you know on and in the menu you know which which nobody wants and it's just what left there congealing well that's that's a bit like me in the office you know like <laughs> nobody wants rob to go and report this that's is absolutely not true. desperate that's not true but um yes i i sort of saw the snow and um uh yeah it's 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 never good is it you know it no. was it was you know just the worst possible time because i'd driven in at four o'clock in the morning and absolutely fine and suddenly it was still pitch black outside six yep. o'clock people saying it's snow and it really came down. Yeah. It came down quick, and by the time I was heading out at half past nine, you know, it was it was really you know, a wee bit dicey on the roads. They yeah. they were very very cold, and there was there was ice on there uh, as well. It's um it's drama we can do without. And then uh, here we are recording this podcast today, and it's like ten degrees warmer. It, I know it's it, you woke so up. It's, it's like you're in a different country. It's it's, yeah. it's a bit crazy. What did we let you out to report on? Ah, yes, something about a hospital. Our week in the Weege. So the health secretary has said that she is satisfied with the Queen Elizabeth University Hospital in Glasgow, that it is safe for patients. And this is what she told me when I played it being a reporter. Everything has been done that should be done in order to make sure that patient safety is maintained and is the priority. But the nursing union says they do have serious concerns safety of patients and staff. The hospitals assured us that they have got infection control in place and are um, going to review fully. However, we are concerned that if any members of um, staff are feeling that they are um, experiencing any symptoms um, or are concerned about their health, we would advise them to seek medical advice. That concerned lady is Anne Thompson from the Royal College of Nursing. Yeah, so... Like you said, Jean Freeman met with hospital bosses earlier this week to get an update on the investigation into 
the deadly infection caused by pigeon droppings. The Minister also announced a review into the design, construction and maintenance of, of Scotland's biggest hospital following the number of contamination and safety incidents in the last year. So Rob, you were there, you spoke to her. What are her the main area, areas of concern? Well, there were two really, because to start with, there's, there's the instant in question, which was uh, about the, the issue that uh, has resulted uh, or played a part uh, in uh, in two deaths. Uh, one, which uh, we, we now know was uh, a child, which uh, is utterly tragic. Mm-hmm. Also an older person, uh, as well, but they uh, they were seriously ill um, already, and it's not thought that it was this infection that uh, was was any part of their death. They just happened to have it uh, along with with many other other things. Um, and uh, do you know the thing? The main thing this week is I didn't realise pigeon droppings was was, was such a problem. That's no. been the eye opener yeah. for me. I have to say, obviously, yeah, everyone knows they're a pest. Everywhere you go, you see signs: you do not feed the pigeons. You know, flying rats. Yeah, and concerned about them roosting in buildings but i i thought it was just because they make they're a mess annoying, and yeah. they're a bit of a pest so the fact there's there's this infection that um i think you have, you have to be pretty vulnerable you know your system has not got to be working very well to to actually be affected by it but the fact that, that exists that that's certainly something that, that i've learned this week but yeah and the ma- fact that it, it's airborne as well so it's not actually coming into direct contact with the faeces, it's the, the the infection's actually airborne. Well, this is the the thing that uh, w- was the most concerning was that I mean these these pigeons had I was told had squeezed I mean really squeezed into this plant room on on the top of the building. Uh, obviously, done their business, and then the you know, the, the, the smell, yeah. I suppose, for want of a, a non technical word, goes into the ventilation system. Questions not only about how did the birds get in there and how it went spotted, and I was told both by the clinical director of NHS Scotland and by the health secretary. You know, this, this was a gap that really couldn't be seen with the naked eye. They had to do smoke tests to try and find out where the, where, where the gap was. But, but then these ventilation systems are, are supposed to be sealed. So you know that still shouldn't have been a problem anyway. Yeah. Uh, and reports I've read as well that uh, the, the room that the child was in should have had uh, one of these uh, HEPA filters to clean the air. But apparently it didn't. They've they've since been installed, which is one of the things that mm-hmm. the hospital has done, uh, and, and now say that there is no sign of the infection whatsoever. But from that point of view, it is sorted. But but so many questions around the maintenance of, of the hospitals, and this is just one of a string of things yeah. that's gone wrong well, with this hospital over the years. Since it opened in in twenty fifteen. Like you said, it's just been one thing after the other. In October that year, uh, residents and councillors raised concerns over the number of buses that were travelling to and from the hospital and that prompted tests of the the nitrous oxide around the the hospital, the the fumes. There was concern that that outside there was too much air pollution and then the hospital was heavily criticised, something that we covered extensively for consistently failing to meet the Scottish government's any waiting times targets then they experienced last year several problems relating to bacteria and the water supply children were moved from the royal hall hospital for sick children into the main wards children from from wards 2a and 2b that kept going we thought it was fixed and then there was more issues with the water supply they fitted filters to taps and then they fitted them to 
to filters and by December they said work to resolve all these bacteria problems had been completed but what we of course know now is that the child who died from this infection linked to the pigeon droppings was in an adult ward without a suitable HEPA filter like you mentioned having been moved from the wards to A and to B because of the bacteria in the water. Yeah, so it's problem upon problem. And, and always you speak to anybody who, who investigates anything that happens, you know, whether it's you know a, a crash or whatever, they'll tell you it's never just one cause. It's always a string of things mm. and, and you can trace these back. However, uh, I'm going to say I think we need to, for, for balance sake, uh, speak about experiences of the hospital. Now, I had never been to the Queen Elizabeth before. Now, I've been uh, in the studio reading the news bulletins, mm-hmm. writing the news bulletins. For all these stories that you've mentioned over the years, I've read all the newspapers. You would think that this place is, w- when you go there, that you're going to find it in a state of chaos mm-hmm. and crisis. I had never been to the Queen Elizabeth before. I can't say that was my experience. Uh, I, you know, Everything was clean and calm on Tuesday morning. You know, Even though it was a snowy morning, and you, 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 you might have expected that people would be out the doors with broken legs or whatever. To be fair, I didn't go anywhere near A&E, but uh, I, I was, because none of the staff knew where to go to, for me to meet the health secretary, I was, I was sent from pillar to post up mm-hmm. to this floor, that floor, uh, into the children's hospital, back to the main hospital. Um, and I was very impressed with what I found. I, I did not find a hospital that looked chaotic. I did not find a hospital that looked in the state uh, of crisis at all. I drove in. I was able to find a parking space very easily in in one of the visitor and patient multi-storey car parks. Yeah, it, it was free. Um, so I think it's important to say that as well. And, and the health secretary was accused of complacency when, when she said in Parliament that uh, in terms of you know, clinical outcomes and infection rates, you know, it is performing better than other hospitals. And, and I think that has to be said too, you know, thousands of patients using it every day. So it, it may be an element here, perhaps, that the media uh, is just you know, fanning this up a wee bit, perhaps. Call, well, call me a cynic, if, if you wish, but I, I understand what you're saying. You never found a chaotic hospital, but they were anticipating the arrival of media and the health secretary on that morning. Likewise, any other time I've been at the hospital for news-related reasons, I can't say that I have encountered a dirty hospital, a chaotic hospital, but again, they're anticipating the arrival of the media. And I think that has to be said, that there has been occasions where I've been sent, for example, the A&E waiting time story. That was one of the very first stories I went to with Clyde and I sat in a wall outside the hospital with a woman crying, telling me that she had been waiting in a hospital bed for eight hours to be seen. Yes, yeah. I, I don't doubt these stories exist. I'm just saying you have to speak as you find. And uh, that that was my first experience. That was what I found. So what have NHS Greater Glasgow and Clyde had to say about this spe- specific incident then? Well, they've told us that extra filters have been fitted to the ventilation system and the managers, as I said, say there's no sign of that infection anymore. And they are working with the Scottish Government and the external advisor staff and unions and they say their thoughts are with the family of the affected patients at the time. Our week in the Weege. How about the former First Minister's arrest? Maybe we shouldn't. Mm, Okay, maybe not. Uh, But I suppose uh, it is uh, being geeky a good opportunity to remind ourselves that the case 
is now defined as active under the Contempt of Court Act 1981. Yes, that means the publication of information prejudicial to an accused will be treated as contempt of court. It includes Twitter and other social media as well as newspapers, TV, radio and it's just daft so please don't do it. Don't do it! A week in the week. Now there are fears for the future of Burns Cottage with more than £100,000 worth of repairs needed. This is the cottage where Robert Burns was born in Alloway 260 years ago today. Uh, but now if you go there you'll find that the roof is covered with moss and rot in the thatch and mm. there's damage to uh, the walls and it's generally not looking too healthy oh. at all. Well, this is the operations director of the museum, Caroline Smith, and she told us it's a special part of Ayrshire and it should be saved. Burns is really important to people with the sentiment and that he conveyed in his works, but also the fact that, um, you know, his poetry and music and songs inspire so many people across the world. But also for people who live locally, um, having Burns Cottage as in this iconic building that they can see some for some people every day of their lives, then that's a significant part of their own heritage and culture as well. I can't say I've ever been. Haven't you? No, I don't think so. I liked it very much. And obviously there's the very modern uh, Burns uh, Birthplace Museum that's uh, just down the road as well that's... Uh, very impressive, uh, you know, one of one of the best museums in Scotland, in my opinion. Um, very dark inside, I have, mm. I have to say, but that's because there's lots of uh, artifacts that, that need looking after. It's uh, it's very sad that um, that it's in the state, but then again, this part of me says, you know, you're dealing with a, uh, an ancient building, and they do need an awful lot of upkeep and repairs. And perhaps here's an argument: I I, I would suggest that. It's the National Trust shouldn't have to find all this money themselves. They shouldn't have to be putting out appeals like this because this is one of those must-see things mm. for tourists who come to Scotland, from whether it's from uh, the rest of the UK or from Europe or even across the world. You know, these days you see hordes of Japanese and, and Chinese who love to come to Scotland. This yeah. this is one of those must-see things. I, I, I think if if Edinburgh Castle was in this state, obviously that's not owned by the National Trust, that's yeah. owned by uh, Historic Scotland, which is a branch of the government, but the money would be found to fix it. Um, I don't think it should be entirely up to the National Trust for Scotland to shake the collecting tin here, because I, I think this is uh, vital in Scottish, in Scotland's interests, that this is something that looks its best at all times. Um, not everybody agrees, um, because I tweeted about this uh, this morning mm -hmm. in the news and um, got a few derogatory comments. One person who thinks you should tear it down and turn it into a spoons. Oh. Well... It was a little disappointing. Yeah. I have to say. Mm. I, I mean, th there are lots of historic buildings that have been maintained by turning them into to pubs. The old post office in Paisley, for example, is now a Weatherspoons. You're not going to get many people in Burns Cottage. <laughs> No, probably not. As I think um, it's an alleyway. It's quite far out, isn't it? You really have to kind of drive to get there, don't you? Uh, it's not within walking distance yeah. of of, of, Air, that, of Fairtown Centre, that's true. But it's a great place for the kids, especially if you go when there's the events. I, I took mine uh, there who are primary school age. And the last time there was a there was a, a neap hurling contest. Okay. In, in, in the sort of garden outside, mm -hmm. pe people were you know, dressed in uh, costumes from... Uh, uh, that age in the 18th century, and uh, you, you, you know, just like sort of um, 
doing it, doing shot put at school. You 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 had a you had a neep. You, ch- you chose your neep, and you had to throw that uh, as far as you can. I thought that was very entertaining. I like that. How how much burns do you know? I am not reciting burns. We no. are n- we are not going there. But could you? This is not happening. But could you? No, I couldn't. So you're lecturing us all to go to Burns Cottage me, because it's a historic institution in Ayrshire. Doesn't mean you have to recite it. <laughs> me reciting Burns would be trying, be like you know, trying to get Theresa May to recite it. It's not going to work in my accent. Okay, this is one of my failings in life. Oh, I, have, I suppose I, so. I hadn't thought about it that I way. I have lived in this country for 28 years, but I'm very sorry, I cannot get the accent. Okay, <laughs> so I speak like this. Deal with it. <laughs> I hadn't but, even thought about it because of your accent. I, I don't thought, do burns. You're so cultured. I thought, oh, Rob, Rob will be able to give us a, a couple of lines from Two a Moose or no. Red Red Rose. But no, not doing that. That's, that's what they call hostage to fortune. <laughs> so, Jacob Rees Mogg trying to recite burns. Can you imagine? No, and I don't want to. And with la- that, let's move on. This is a week in the week. Okay, so before we go, I have a little test for Rob to see if he was paying attention last week. We're going to play our game, When in the Weege. This is similar to Where in the Weege, isn't it? It is similar. So It's almost identical, in fact. Not quite, not quite. In fact, I would say When in the Weege is even more news-related than Where in the Weege was. Did you put any more than five seconds of thought into redesigning this competition? Well, actually, I never put any thought into it at all. It was the brainchild of Mr. Gavin Pearson. So thank you very much for that, Gavin. I do enjoy playing Wayne in the Weege. So basically, what we do is I will give you three clues, headlines from a particular year, and you have to tell me what year those clues are from. So instead of giving me a, a place in Glasgow in the West, which is what we've done with Wayne in the Weege, I need you to give me the year that these headlines are from. Simple enough. Okay, right, let's go for it. Okay, so your first clue. Glasgow Commonwealth Games venue named Emirates Arena. Oh, now, that was built uh, ahead of the Commonwealth Games and Mm -hmm. the Commonwealth Games were in 2014. So... I I think it was quite because that was done a long time in advance. I'm gonna say 2011. No. No. Okay. Was I close? This mm, yes, you're 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 warm. I'm warm. Okay. This might help narrow it down for you a little bit. Another sport-related clue: Olympic football kicks off at Hamden. Well, the Olympics happen every four years. The next ones are due in Tokyo in 2020. So was it... Is it 2016? No. Oh, no, that was Rio, wasn't it? Yeah. Yes, okay. Right, I'm going to need the third clue. The third clue. Glasgow skyline changes forever as red road flats are demolished. Yes, well, I'm going to nitpick on this because they they sort of half demolished, didn't they? Because a couple of them were like sort of... Yeah, kind left, of dilapidated. Left, left sticking up like sort of, you know, some you know terrible sort of tombstone. Um, I've done the maths now and mm-hmm. I've worked it out. And of course, uh, Olympics were in 
Brazil, so it was the previous time, which of course was London, and so your answer is 2012. Congratulations, Rob Waller. Well done. Thank you, thank you. Do you... Round of applause, round of applause. Do you remember reporting on... Well, I do remember the Olympic football at Hamden because uh, one of my colleagues at the time, Jerry McCulloch, was doing the announcements at Hamden and he came in in a state of some considerable distress the next day because there had been a mix-up with the flags. And it was the North Korean team that were playing, but the flag that went up on the big screen was the South Korean flag. And, And given what happens to people in Korea who get things wrong, this was before Cuddly Kim, uh, became the leader, uh, and uh, uh, he, he had a very vivid uh, description of some very, very stern-faced uh, North Korean officials who, who uh, wanted that sorted out. It took a long time to sort out, and I think uh, an awful lot of apologies that had to be mm. issued. So, yes, I do remember that. I also remember the uh, the demolition of, of the buildings, which um, and, the, and the big row, of course, about whether it should have happened in, in, in the first place. Mm. How, do you, how do you feel about that, Natalie? It's a difficult one because I understand that for a lot of people it was their homes for many, many years. They were a symbol of the Glasgow skyline for a lot of time. But you do have to draw a line at a point. You know, you have to say, right, we can no longer continue to plow money into maintaining these buildings. I think it's a difficult one because on the one hand, you know, I, I really don't like tower blocks there. I think they're ugly. They're, they're awful. I never like looking at them. But then again, a few minutes ago, we were discussing Burns Cottage that's yeah. two, you know, 260 plus years old. And now it's this icon and we're raising hundreds of thousand pounds because we have to keep it. It has to be perfect. And we, we need this window on the past. Mm. Well, in a, couple of, was... in a couple of hundred years, will there be people recording podcasts if they still exist? <laughs> saying, why on earth did they knock down these these tower blocks this we, we needed we should have had this example of mm. mid 20th century living what philistines they were to do that did they not realize you know the history that they were just dynamiting in that moment i think it's an important and interesting debate and maybe, i wonder maybe if, everyone's just bored of it now and we'll just <laughs> i wonder if anybody that that's world famous was ever born or lived in the red road flats though that's well, probably the difference there was a movie about them of course i, I went to the glasgow film theater to watch it when I was going through a beef period of trying to appear cultured. <laughs> now I just sit at home and drink red wine and watch the television. That's cultured too. A Week in the Weege is a Radio Clyde News production. For the latest around the clock, follow on Twitter at Radio Clyde News. Well, that brings us to the end of today's Week in the Weege. Thank you so much to my guest co-host, Rob Waller. It has been a pleasure. Yes, it might have been. Um, Before you go, don't forget to follow us on Twitter. You can subscribe on iTunes. And we'll see you next time on Week in the Weege. Bye. Bye Bye-bye.